Today is Friday, November 18th, 2022. Uh, I'd normally be cracking a beer, but it's middle of the day and I'm still kind of technically working. But the case is that we have a new guest, a brand new, hope to be a recurring guest, uh, Devin Kerr. How are you doing, man? Good. Let's get through the next 30 or 45 minutes and see as to whether or not you're actually going to want to invite me back, though. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm I'm sure I will. Uh, Devin is a pundit analyst talker the lead analyst of the usl um and also is co-host of sirius xmfc you do work for the acc network ncaa sock am i missing any i want to make sure i'm bad at introducing guests uh i want to make sure i'm getting the whole cv um also a proud father obviously we were talking before so go ahead devin yeah, we're currently in the uh, we're in discussions with the GM of U.S. Soccer for the U2 Youth National Team. So that's a big talking point right now. The seven month old, it's a little difficult to work him into those negotiations because he can't walk. And apparently you need to be able to walk to play the beautiful game. Who knew? But uh, yeah, no, man. Awesome. Number one, first and foremost, thank you for having me. You know, we briefly talked before I came on. Um, know your guys work. And it was super cool. Love the honor to be able to come on and chat with you. Let's see, USL, yes, uh, lead for ACC, lead for NCAA college soccer. I mean, wow. Tournament started yesterday, right? Like crazy, all the games that are going on and uh, CONCACAF Champions League as well. Throw that in there and kind of just jack of all trades, hopefully master of some. <laughs> are you, who are knows? You, are you like, uh, pretty fucking overwhelmed are you <laughs> to be fair like that's a i just had a uh, katie goodman on the pod and she was talking yeah. about how she does like like spurs uh you know women's national like she was naming like all these things and then does a bunch of stuff uh yep. for like texas tech i believe oh i'm I, I shouldn't mess up which texas university they get real mad about that if you mess up which Texas. i think university. you're right i think it's tech um anyway do you ever feel overwhelmed by all that like how's your like day-to-day go so it definitely depends on the time of year right um it's funny because I actually I, I spoke a little bit about this with Katie at the final last week. I got the opportunity to meet her in person. We've exchanged things on social media before and kind of addressing like you're a busy girl. And we kind of talked about all that. So I know how she feels. For me, it depends on the time of year, right? Um, always involved in, in MLS preseason stuff and, and the draft. Of course, the draft. I'm assuming this is public knowledge, but if not, here you go. The draft is being moved this year. It's actually going to be in December. So um, normally it's the draft MLS preseason and kind of ease my way into the year. I start to become a little bit, we'll say stressed in a good way. Cause it's a good problem to have right around June. And the reason being is that's where open cup really starts to hit the bigger games and then travel becomes involved. So you're navigating midweek fixtures. Then, you know, it's okay, day in before, fly out the day after the game, of course, you're flying back. Sometimes, you know, if it's a Thursday or a Friday game, I'm flying in day of game for a USL fixture. Maybe it's flying home to call another Open Cup game. And then when you get into the fall, forget it. Fall's not as bad in terms of stress, but like all bets are off because my ACC schedule and and for the lead for ESPN for men's college soccer, I leave every single Thursday, usually first flight out, working the entire time on plane to plane, get into market, interviews with coaches and players, you know, try and take myself to dinner if I don't eat at the hotel. And then Friday, it's a game working all day long, Saturday, flying back, USL, Sunday, USL. And then you sprinkle in CONCACAF Champions League games, CONCACAF Nations League games, you know, depending on the year, Gold Cup, of course, is right around the corner. So again, very good problems to have, but rarely am I thinking, man, this sucks. 
You know, I'm very okay. fortunate that I'm one of those people that like I never feel like I go to work. I get stressed by the amount that's on my plate at certain points in times, mm-hmm. um, certain point in times. But again, that's like a that's a really good problem to have. I don't take it for granted, and I didn't before, but especially after the 2020 COVID year, man, and such a weird year. Like we you all were had, like dying to get the fuck yeah, out, man. I mean, shit, dude. It was like I remember. Look, it's like second week of March, right? I was literally, I was driving to the studio. We were calling this game remotely. I was driving to the studio to call the first leg of Cruz Azul LAFC. That's what I was doing when I got the call. Like, hey, we're done. We're we're shutting it down. Come into the studio, but we're you're not going to call the game. We at that point in time had um, we had the SECL show for Concacaf, and we did the Champions League show, and so it was a you know biweekly show. We pre we recorded it early because we didn't know what was going to happen with all the COVID rules, right? That was mm-hmm. such an unknown thing then. And so anyway, recorded it early, went back, and crap, dude, end of May, beginning of June, I'm just thinking, I will do anything just to call a freaking game, right? And I ended up calling Rocket League. USL did a Rocket League <laughs> tournament. Money was awesome, but legit, sitting in the living room of my house, calling games till 1 o'clock in the morning. It was a, the way that they had it set up. It was remote, not like what you do with with games or with ESPN or anything like that, but mm. sitting on my desktop, sipping a bourbon. Some were players, some were fans, some were actual professional esports guys. And so when we went back to work in early July, I was just going, I don't, I don't care how often I work. We did 10 linear shows in like 17 days or something. Mm. Um, and was that like on Twitch? Did you stream that? Or like how did you do like the live event? Was that still on like yeah, on ESPN so or like where were was doing, that? Yeah, they were doing it on I know it was on Twitch. I don't know if it was on ESPN Plus or not. I don't recall. Mm. I mean, that was two and a half, two and a half years ago. Dear Lord, man, what a world. Um, yeah, I don't. I remember it was on Twitch for sure. I do think that it was on a different platform. My guess would be because of broadcast rights that if mm. it was anywhere else, it was ESPN Plus. I'm not really sure though because I don't know how the gaming contract. Oh, that's fine. Actually, this kind of transition. This wasn't part of my like questions i didn't really have too yeah, many yeah, actually yeah. prepared so this works out for me uh what'd you think of the apple deal with mls i'll talk a little mls here hey look at me yeah yeah you know it's um look anytime that you give an opportunity for more exposure regardless of sport or or fixture i think it's a good thing mm-hmm. um i know people will have their says about not being on national television we'll see how that works out that's a whole nother conversation but the fact that it's digitally streamed and the majority of games i mean if you do the math you're basically going to get 75 percent of the games that aren't behind a paywall right but the rest of it is um that's where it gets a little interesting to me but i do support it i I, i'm very much of the model of kind of following what nfl does right now it's a little bit different obviously because the nfl's rights are you know it's cbs it's nbc it's abc and you know all over the place yeah yeah. like i'm a vikings fan and i'm in florida so regionally I'm never getting to see them except for in person when we beat the Dolphins this year. Skull had to throw that in. But but like from a viewership standpoint, if I want to watch them play, I got to have the end of the ticket. Right. Mm-hmm. And I got to I got to have direct TV. Well, I don't, which forces me to go to a bar. I, I mean that in the sense of coverage where I like the national coverage, like for NFL. I personally want to hear the best people in the country. As you see, my dog get involved behind the scenes. <laughs> he's, he's upset because the pillows in his way. So he's sitting right there and he's trying to push it off. Now he's happy. Oh, good, um, good, good. I want to hear the best. I want to hear the best talent in the country. And I want to be very clear. 
that doesn't mean that we don't hear that in MLS. I do think that there are people not involved in MLS that should be and vice versa. But that being said, I want to hear the best talent in the country. And there are times where when a game is going on, that's not the case. That doesn't mean the people doing it are bad. That just means like, you know, there are times... Cal Williams from Minnesota United. I personally like him a lot. I have a good relationship with him one-on-one, like we hang out outside of work. But I like his style. I think the way he calls the game is good. Sometimes I can't get him because he's not the national voice, right? Mm-hmm. That's not a knock on whoever is for that game if, it's, if, it was one of the, if it was one of the home team shows. And it's not a knock on, on the guys doing the national feed. I just think that it gives the talent the ability to grow in this country. And what that does is it gives the consumer more knowledge within the game. Not every person watching these games are aficionados who, you know, who played professionally or who played in college soccer who are average or who are average viewers that understand the game. There are plenty of people that still need to be educated. We've come so far in this country, in this game, and yet we are miles from where we need to be. That's okay. Like, let's, let's make the proper steps in order to get there. Let's support each other. And I do think that this is going to raise the level of broadcast and the level of quality, which in turn is going to make the fans happier and it's going to make the game better for everyone too. Yeah, no, I get the whole, like how far we've come. I see it in the comment section every day. Like, uh, yeah. dumb, dumb American. Oh, American posted this L plus ratio plus your yeah. father. You're a fatherless person. I get that. I see that every day. So <laughs> I see any way for us to be seen, uh, taken more seriously with more respect is always uh, a great thing. So my next question, um, kind of comes with the big picture with like the USL. And this is like a question actually submitted from somebody in our discord who has actually, transitioned from being kind of an MLS fan to a USL fan because um, they didn't say this, but like from what I've talked to other people, a lot of people are gravitating to USL more because of the more grassroots and more fuels, less artificial and non-manufactured as some MLS franchises have felt. Do you have any pushback against that? That some franchises as sometimes can feel, uh, you don't have to call any specific ones out, obviously. But to me, I feel as though some fan bases or some teams can feel more manufactured. USL feels more um, like a community based. Is that is that the right way to put it? I think that's a fair way to view it. Yeah. Okay. Um, where, where, where exactly do you see like the U.S. soccer federations like in the big picture? Is it like a complementary league to the MLS? the USL um, with all this great new funding. I know like, I, what is it? Milwaukee is getting like a big new fucking yeah. stadium. So it's host like what? 30,000 people, something yeah. like that. Uh, I mean, there's big money and it seems like other like players, um, American players, like big NBA people are starting to invest. I know with like us with, I'm in Philly. So like Philadelphia union, we have like Kevin Durant investing in the union, but like, yep. um, like where do you see like the big picture of like USL, like going forward? So, uh, great question. I would start with the pyramid itself is good right now. And I say that in the sense of, all right, you got the national team, right? Then you move into MLS, you've got USL. Then it starts to get to not gray area, like League One at the third division is good. And you've got MLS Next Pro, which is considered third division. Um, From there, it's a million leagues, right? It's um, NPSL and USIS. I mean, there's so many different leagues now. I can't even keep up with it. UPSL and uh, League Two, of course, fourth mm-hmm. division for you know which used to be PDL, which is what I played in when I was in college. Um, I am of the belief that I, I like the idea of pro rel. Personally, it will never happen in this country. We can get to that later, but mm-hmm. I do like the idea of it. And so, 
being being in in the spotlight of all of this and trying to you know navigate the the public eye but also being behind the scenes you know i hear a million different things and within that i do see a vision down the line where the growth of usl gives itself the opportunity to have promotion relegation you know jake edwards our president has talked about it a multitude of times both at the final and in interviews privately and interviews publicly and he said that that's the direction it wants to go and you can look at the tiering system of England and make a lot of comparisons, right? Like the Prem is MLS. Simple enough. The championship, our championship. League One, League Two, National League North, like you just work your way down. I would say that that structure has obviously been in place for a lot longer period of time outside of the Premier League because the Premier League used to just be first division, right? Um, And, you know, the English championship, the the way that it was phrased, that was was the first division and then it just changed when it went to the Premier League and that was, what, 1993, I believe? the growth of the game overall in terms of business-wise is definitely taking steps. Like the cost of a team has gone up. Unfortunately, the cost to operate it has gone up, though that's not necessarily because of the league and their guidelines or bylaws. That's just inflation around the world, mm. right? We're all dealing with that. I mean, freaking hell. Like goddamn jar of mayonnaise costs five dollars for some reason now. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a joke. Well, maybe that's telling you something. Don't mayonnaise is gross. Don't eat it. <laughs> oh my god, stop. Stop. I'm a big mayonnaise fan. So, all, right, all right. So, um, but like in, in terms of the level of play, you know, I've, I've talked about this a couple of times on air where I stood at the Birmingham Tempe Rowdies game earlier this year and you talked about things being manufactured. I had a statement came out of my mouth that I kind of took some flack on. And it sounds so minuscule when I repeat it right now, but people were so jarred by it. And I said, you know, I talked about the level, the depth of players, the quality of play, the budgets. This is going to be the best season that the USL championship has ever had. I believed it when I said it. And this, the representation of what you saw on the field this year at every level, 100% followed that. People think, oh, you know, that's such a manufactured statement. And the league told you to say that. Fuck off. Like, let's get out of the way right now. <laughs> no one tells me to say anything. Right. I, and, and matter of He's fact. He's getting like, paid to say this. Are you paid, kidding? Yeah. Like, a matter of fact, like, if you defend the badge. To, yeah. In a good way. Like, if you spoke to league officials at USL, I'm actually usually the one that fights back on it. I'm like, I'm mm-hmm. not saying that. No. Like, get someone else to be your puppet. Or, you know, that, listen, I think, I think you guys have the right storyline. I'm not going to read what you've said. But here's my idea. So let's work together to tweak it on the verbiage. And so when I said it, though, I believed it. And if you look at the field of play, they did that. It's the first time since 2008 that we saw a USL team get to the final. It's the first time that um, it was, or yeah, a lower division team they would get to the final, Sacramento Republic. They just so happened to get a home playoff spot and finish in the top four as well. Like the balance was there. Um, it's the first time since 2016 that the number one overall seeds and both the Eastern and Western Conference faced each other. Go a step further. It's the first time that the number one seed actually took down the title. And the reason I give these things is it's so difficult in this day and age to do those things. You know, the, mm-hmm. the battery team of 08 and the Rhinos of, you know, 1999, I've gone on record saying that the run by Sacramento Republic this year to get to the final against Orlando City was more difficult than the battery in 08 who lost or the Rhinos of 99 who won it and beat the Rapids. It's real simple. Like you take an MLS team from 1999 and like, you know, the best team in MLS in 99 probably isn't going to be a middle tier team in MLS in 2022. That's simple. You can make that argument in the NBA and a bunch of other sports too. Right. Right. Um, but 
it's so difficult to do those things. The gap in table standings so much closer than previous years. And you see more goals, you see better defending, and yet we still have these teams that can go on the runs. So I do like where the league is headed. What I would like to see a little bit more is I'd like to see more openness, if you will, from the league, from USL. Um, You know, I've voiced my opinion on this, that there are a lot of things that they don't share with the public, but I believe that they could. And I do understand the reason why people aren't privy to all of that information as well. But there are some things that I would like them to share. Like, you know, instead of sitting in front of us and saying pro rel is a very realistic thing, give me a freaking timeline, right? Mm-hmm. Like you don't have to meet it, but say, look, our, our vision is we're thinking in the next three to five years, this is a very realistic option. So that there's accountability within that as well, because so much of it is, is more fan engaged in a lot of areas, as opposed to what, what you mentioned, how, and I can, I can tweak the statement on MLS a little bit. We get there, but for MLS, it's manufactured where, you know, there, there's more involvement and stuff by fans and kind of more fan run clubs, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd like to see just more honesty up front about it. I'm not yeah. saying they're dishonest, by the way. I would just like to hear more information. That's all. And, and yeah. to the public eye, not just I'm saying I hear it all. I just I want people, you know, a lot of times people come to me and say, well, can you talk about this? Can you talk about that? And just I can't. It's that simple. Right. It's kind of like when they say like, oh, like you lied to me. It's like, no, I didn't lie to you. I just didn't tell you at the time. <laughs> One of those. So it's a white deals. lie, right? Right. Like, exactly. It's a white lie. And I'm like the worst liar in the world, by the way. Um, ah, yeah. No, I am just I just start laughing. <laughs> I just go like, ah, oh, fuck. Yeah. yeah. Oh, wait, what's me. that? Oh, it's that, honey. All right. I'm coming. Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. Um, What about the women's game? The U- UWSL that's been around now for like five years now. Yeah, you know, they're really big on promoting the youth and I, and I'm here for that. Um it's that's one area where I wish they would have not just, you know, not just Super League and UWSL. I kind of wish they would have waited a little bit. Mm-hmm. Maybe my opinion's wrong on this one, but when I look at it, feel like maybe the structure wasn't fully in place there for them to do what they wanted to. I do think the platform's incredible and and it's starting to reap its rewards for sure, but like it's still the stabilization of women's pro sports in general, yet alone women's professional soccer in this country is such a mind boggling issue to me. And I do think it's an issue because up until really the past, what year or 18 months, the NWSL start, start up top. And as you work your way down, like mm. it, it just seemed, everything seemed so wobbly, right? You hear the horror stories of a team like sky blue, who's got, you know, that report that came out, that was um, cardboard boxes taped up over a window. Like, what are we, doing right i mean that was like 2018 or 19 when that came out and yet we're supposed to be considering that a professional sports league and so when they launched uwsl i just wanted to make sure that the young ladies and young women that were getting those opportunities that those people were well taken care of and i do think that they're well taken care of but then you want it to succeed as well Mm. because just because throws someone throws money at it doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be successful right look at yeah mls Oh, well, I was going to say like Zuckerberg with Meta, but <laughs> that was going to be my example to be like, yeah, like, right, dude. Yeah, it's like, oh, like, oh, you did Facebook. Like, oh, I can make a virtual world. It's like, ah, no, like maybe you just can't just throw some money at something and just make it work. So I, I totally agree. Yeah. And so and so that's an interesting one. And then I do feel, though, that in the long run, I do see that being an excellent pathway because women need the same opportunities that men do fully believe in that. And so for so long, it was just college, 
and see if you can find a way to play across seas. Then it was college, and okay, what does the professional soccer landscape look like in the United States? Now that NWSL seems to have gotten there, you know, now you're giving a platform from from a younger perspective for development. And when you're in college, like, okay, we need to make sure that this talent, it's not just experiencing one realm of the professional game. We have to give them the opportunity at an amateur level, at a professional level to succeed because not every person also coming out of college is going to get drafted or go play in the NWSL, nor are they going to get the opportunity to go across, you know, across the pond or, you know, the Far East or wherever it may be. I mean, my argument all the time, even for men is why are we letting people escape the game? Mm-hmm. Just be, if you're not good enough, then doesn't mean you're not good enough in the future. Look, look at Jamie Vardy. I was I mean, literally going to say right? like, the guy was stacking boxes. And then next thing Dear you know, Lord, he's like he's winning the Premier League. Lower, so. divi- lower division soccer. You know, wh- wh- ten, now we can go back 10 years, but 10 years ago in the last decade, the guy's gone from lower division soccer and unheard of to winning the Premier League, winning the Golden Boot, caps for the men's national team. And he owns a freaking a partial owner of a soccer team in another country. That's incredible. And that isn't because he just got better. No, he doesn't just get better. He was given the opportunity to get better. And he was because of good coaching. And so coaching has definitely developed and evolved as well. And we need to make sure age, race, gender, him, her, they, she, we, us, whoever it is, everybody gets the opportunity to not only be included, but to get the opportunity to advance. Yeah, no, I totally agree. My uh, last question, and I wanted to get your thoughts since we do have a World Cup starting Sunday, which is strange. We're going to be eating Thanksgiving turkey while trying to decide, like, <laughs> ah, will World War Three start when Iran and USA play? But my next question <laughs> is, you were talking about coaching. Uh, thoughts on Greg Berhalter? We have not been too kind on this show, specifically to yeah. old Greg the Egg, uh, but to you, um, thoughts on one his selection? Like, there's been a lot of questions, let alone on his selection um, going in. Like, just the momentum. Like, what is our identity as a as a country, as a team? Um, how do you think we'll fare? I, I haven't. We're doing our World Cup preview pod tonight. But I'm just curious to see where you see. I see them getting out of the groups, but I'm not too sure what happens after that. So uh, 30,000 feet answer is I'm, I'm probably. Do I think it's met the expectations that people want? No, myself included. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I do feel that some of those expectations are convoluted because of a missing the last cycle. Get that fully understand it. It's. That's not good enough. And, and Greg would tell you that as well. Also, the talent that we now have at our disposal, and there's a caveat to this, the talent that we now have at our disposal begs for success at every level, right? It's like, oh, it's gone are the days of, oh, you know, Land- Landon Donovan's at Everton. No way, right? Or Brian McBride's, you know. I came up with Eddie Johnson. You know, Eddie was my cycle, and you know, we started in Florida together, and um, you know, state teams, regional teams, national pools, and then you know, Eddie goes on to residency and stayed in touch. And you know, gone are the days where it's a couple of Americans here or there. Now it's everybody. Like it's it's not mm-hmm. a big deal if a player. And not just is Everton. Overseas. They're at they're at Barcelona. Bingo. They're at Hell Juventus. Yeah. They're Hell at yeah, Chelsea. Right? Yeah, or they're on they're on they're on Chelsea's payroll. Like th- these are you know Miazga and stuff like that. Like these are the days where it's expected. But with the with that comes expectations, right? Like the word just plays off of itself. And so I think there was a false premise that we were just going to have success right away because of that talent with a new coach. And you then take a coach who all due respect to Triple G, 
didn't didn't have the success that probably other people wanted in terms of pedigree where he was coming from to take this position, right? And so you take the talent, you put that together, like there are going to be growing pains. You know, the international football over the years has definitely gotten better and it's changed. But like Jesse Marsh did an interview last week and he talked about like, you know, who do you want to win the World Cup or who do you think? And he's like, I don't really care. Like, obviously, I want the United States to do well, but it's apples and oranges because for decades, literally decades, you know, we glorify the World Cup, rightly so. It's it's the biggest cup in the history of the world, and it only happens every four years. I mean, there is a prestige. Are you about the zag like, on the World Cup? Are you about no, the zag? No, 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 no. no. Listen, <laughs> and a mystique about it that you you need to go, and, and this is what it's going to be, and you win the World Cup, and it's great. International football historically has not been the prettiest. Like, I'll take, I'll take Barcelona 2008 over freaking almost any World Cup team outside of Spain 2010, which was basically Barcelona with Real Madrid mixed in. Right. Because, but everything else, like, if you really think about it, the beautiful game at its best, like, maybe you make the argument for Brazil. Like, England's always underperformed, especially with the talent that they've had. Even, even like Germany, like the German team's DOS machine, they're a machine for a reason. It's not watching freaking Bayern Munich or Dortmund, mm-hmm. right? So, so the level is just different. Not worse. It's just different. That's really simple. You take fucking 26 guys and put them together, even more when you get into the pools and stuff. You take them, put them together, let them play on a regular basis. Yeah, now you're talking about a team talent-wise that's going to be better. So where I'm going with all this is the, the deck was stacked against Greg from the beginning. And I do think it's getting better. I firmly believe that. Is it ever going to reach what people want? Let's be clear. We're Americans. Every American thinks that we should win the World Cup. That doesn't mean that we think we have the talent to do it. That just means that that's what we believe in. Plenty of countries around the world want to. We think we should because we have the best basketball players and the best football players and the best hockey players. You know, Canada, maybe. Okay, I get that in Russia. But like the belief is in any landscape of life, bigger, stronger, faster, better. That's simple. So. I think this, the, it was difficult for Greg to begin with. Um, last year provided him some space because of Nations League and because of Gold Cup. I mean, I called the world feeds for those games, and you know, being a part of it was awesome. And you saw, you saw the character and the growth. My biggest issue within that is still a character and growth thing. Um, you know, I talked to a lot of the older guys, and I'll, I'll, I won't name specific names, but I'll say that when I talk to the older guys of like, the 90, the 94, the 98, the 02 teams, guys like that, there was just a grit about them that like, it was a workhorse mentality, right? Mm-hmm. We, we've always had good goalkeeping. Well, that's a little bit of a question now. What's that going to look like? We always had good defending. That's definitely a question mark. What's that going to look like? Massive question mark. Yeah, right? go ahead. So, you know, we, we, lacked, we lacked playmakers and all of a sudden Deuce comes along and Landon comes along and you can add layers to that for sure. But like, we were a gritty team. I don't really see that anymore. And you need that on the international stage. You need guys who are going to overtake the dressing room, who are going to go beat you around and that are going to uh, drag everybody else with you so that when there's turmoil and bullshit going on in the locker room, you're not relying on your skill set. It's about what's between your eyes at that point in time. And I saw some of that. I saw glimpses in the Gold Cup and the Nations League run last year against Mexico. Um, You know, we haven't seen it in qualifying Olympic. Well, mm. it's because like, who do you raised- think is going to be like the voice like in the locker room is it going to be Christian Weston. Like, who are you thinking? I do. But I believe Weston is one of those guys. Like if mm-hmm. I had to put a finger on it, like West Weston to me, when I watch him play, I got a lot of respect for him as a player. But like 
he'll throw his weight around. He gets in the trenches. I like him because he gets in the fucking trenches. Yeah, same dude. Like I want to me, like I want a Roy Keenish type player. Maybe Mm. not that aggressive, but like I want someone who's gonna say, (laughs) "Get your back a little together." Yeah, Yeah, like get your shit together because that's not good enough, right? Like so, we've raised in a good way. Excuse me, a bunch of drones. We have really technically talented players now and that's awesome but like we used to be on the far left side of defenders and hard nose and let's get stuck in now we're on the far right we got to find a mixture in the middle squad selection it's different um we miss miles robinson he gives that us gives us that look i don't know what the back line is going to look like i want to be clear when i make these statements i'm not questioning anybody's talent um, right. I'm just making relatability within the selections itself. I do believe Anthony Robinson can give you that type of performance. I don't know what Sergio Dest is going to be. Crazy talent for sure, but like intermittently in the national team and injury and in and out and La Liga is different than what you're dealing with in the Prem and the championship and you know at the international footballing level. He should be a starting outside back for us, 100%. But like, you know, I'll say the same thing for Christian Pulisic or Gio Reyna. Like, can we stay healthy? Number one. I mean, mm. for fuck's sake, can we get through a goddamn tournament with an actual starting 11? Especially like, like international players are going to be playing tooth and nail to like do their yeah. best for their country. Right. Yeah. yeah. And, and like, dude, think that's the other thing, like to go back to the Gred thing out of respect for Gred, like he's really never had everybody together until now. And mm. even now we're missing miles. Right. Yeah. And and then there's the John Brooks situation. Like, Jesus Christ. Like, we, we live in a world, bro. Again, like, we live in a world where we are so critical of everyone. And I get it. Like, crap, man. I don't have notifications on social media turned off. Or I have them turned off for a reason. They're not on because I don't want to hear the bullshit all day long. It's great for my mental well-being. Imagine what these guys are going through because their platform is way different. Right. And even if you don't agree... Even if you don't agree with selection, these are still people and they are still representing our country. We should be promoting that. Like, let's let's try and showcase to the world that, like, we believe in this team. I don't hear that in the lead up to the World Cup. But do you think like it could be like two things can be true? We can be critical, but we can also be supportive. Like, I think that could be 100 percent. Absolutely. Okay, but you 100%. just think the one, one is like a bit more lacking than the other. I'll be the first one to sit in a mm-hmm. pub with my friends or to sit on a show, you know, and say, what the fuck are you doing? This is what you're supposed to be doing, and you're capable of it. Instead, we as a country look and go, "What the fuck are you doing?" Or we go, "He sucks." Mm. We don't. We don't find ways. No nuance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's nothing anymore. Like it's just you're shit, or you're good, and we're happy with you right now. You know, I mean, people look at some of the selections, like w- with Jordan Morris. You know, people talk about the Jordan Morris selection, like, "Oh, why did he bring him? Why did he bring that?" Like, first of all, I do think he's one of those guys that has the grit too. Like, he's not the flashiest of players. But mm-hmm. it fucking works. And we're going to need workers in this World Cup. We have flashy players, and we know that we can play that way. But we're going to need guys that can help stretch the game and punch back a little bit. I was a big proponent for Brandon Vasquez. Thought he should have got a shot. And the reason I say that are a couple. Number one, he's in fucking form, and he's scoring goals. That's important. You need to be able to hit the back of the net. Our nines haven't really done that, have they, over the past cycle? Now, <laughs> do we certain, have a striker? I mean, like, to be fair, <laughs> do we have an out nine, right? Like, it's okay. Well, Sargent's getting better grade, and Jesus is obviously having a As great As a ginger, year. I love Sargent. I, Bingo. Want, I want gingers to do better. It's firmly hard for believe, us. Firmly believe that Josh Sargent probably has the highest ceiling over everyone. 
Yeah, no, I, I say that I, I say that in air all the time. We just haven't seen the best of them. Okay, well, let's find the way to get the best of them. But going back to like Brandon, it's to me, it was all right. Well, and I had uh, Gary Bailey. I got to give him credit here. Gary Bailey and I talked about this at length when you know, we were leading into squad selections. Former Manchester United great. He calls games and we're, we're together all the time. We were talking about this and he made a great comment. He said he wanted Brandon Vasquez as well because you need sometimes, sometimes it's not going to work, but you need sometimes a player that's just so goddamn naive. He doesn't recognize the moment, you know, and, and for Brandon Vasquez to come in, to get a camp, to go to the World Cup, all he knows right now is going out and scoring goals. And we don't have that, mm-hmm. at least not in the manner that Greg wants to play. Stylistically, that's the other thing is squad selection. It seems like every single window he's tweaking to find something. He's searching for sure. And I admire that. He's trying to find the best combination, especially because he hasn't had all of those players. For all those guys, though, dude, like... It, I feel I'm, like I'm, that's... I feel like that's more of a club manager like uh, tactic compared to like international where international relies so much on vibes more likely. Like for me, like I consider like international coaches sometimes like NBA coaches where they're like, Hey, like I can control the locker room, these big personalities and stuff like that. And just like bring in his like Columbus crew. I'm going to create a culture, all this where it's more like, no, like get the best guys out there, get the best out of them. You know what I mean? I would say international football is normally like that. Yeah, I would agree. Like, who's going to drop Ronaldo? Who's going to drop Messi? Who's going to drop Casemiro? Like, you can run through the list of names. I mean, fine. Right. Look at, at Brazil, Christ. Like, they've done that for years, right? They, you know, they'll take Cafu and play him at outside back. And then all of a sudden, he's five yards from goal. And, and that's not because of a run, it's because of the advanced role that he's playing. But I do think that to, to, to back Greg on this a little bit, I do feel like there isn't a vision. Like we haven't go back to my point of like the teams that I just, the players and teams that I just mentioned, those identities have been ingrained in them forever. Our identity has changed and we don't necessarily know what that is. And so Greg's searching for that identity. Whereas like we took Jogo Bonita, right? Like, you know, the most skilled players in the world, argumentally are going to be on Brazil. And we know Mm Navar is going to be flashy and like all the guys that are going to come along with that argument. And, you know, Roberto Firmino and whoever, whoever the squad selection is on that day. We don't have that. Mm-hmm. So he's finding, trying to find the best relationships. He's trying to find, yeah, the guys that are in form. And unfortunately for him, he's also juggling a massive amount of injuries All, over the course of his tenure. I'm not talking about as we're having this we're leading up. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like yeah, yeah, the, yeah. you mentioned the geo Christian. I mean, obviously yeah, those are like, just two, two, uh, two of the heavy, the U S men's national team uh, fans usually roll their eyes at like, ah, oh, again, here we go. So I'm, I'm more concerned about, can we withstand, again, I do believe the talent's there, but can we withstand the punches from teams so early on, A, and B, if not, how are we going to fight back? Because, mm-hmm. you know, if you look at the numbers and where these guys' heads are, if we drop a goal, statistically, it does not look good for us. People are going to say, oh, you can make that argument for any team in the world. That's not fucking true. Promise you. And so, you know, whether it's Wales, England, Iran, like whoever, whatever game it's going to be. And when it happens, we drop a goal. Can we rely on Gio and Christian to push, you know, to pull us out of that? Like is our Tyler and Weston going to have the confidence to look around that room and say, guys, just forget it. Like it's a fucking goal. This is a Mm -hmm. game. It's a goal. Forget about social media. Forget about everybody. Like support each other. 
And so that's where my viewpoint is like what I would kill to be on the field with those guys. And just saying like, I believe in you guys, you know, Mm -hmm. whether it's part of the team as a player or on the sideline and supporting staff or getting the opportunity to announce the games. Like we need more of that because I, and I believe this in any level for sports in the United States, like the political landscape has, has thwarted the mental thought process of the average American over the past, you know, five to six years that there is such a negative connotation around the thought process of now. They're like, let's support each other. This is a fucking World Cup. And yeah, all love, I'm, baby. Yeah, dude. Like, I'm I may not agree with all of the the picks. And I'm, you know, like I was shocked by the Zach Steffen pick. I do agree with it. You know, I didn't, I was shocked that that Greg Burhalter did it because that was his guy. I think most people were. But if you look at the goalkeepers, that's the smart decision, right? Like, think about what Horvath has done for us in the past 18 months. Think about the domestic season that Sean Johnson has. And of course, he's got some experience with the national team. And then Matt Turner and what he's done. Like, that's the smart freaking decision. Do I know if the center back pairing is going to be, you know, Tim Ream and, you know, Aaron Long or Walker Zimmerman? Like, I don't think Greg Berhalter knows at this point in time. Yeah, no, I'm, I like your back the boys. <laughs> just let's go boys. Let's just get in there, gain some experience for 2026 when it comes back home. So yeah. uh, Devin, I, I appreciate your positivity. I, I really <laughs> do. It, it doesn't seem like it kind of went over like a roller coaster a bit, but I feel like, you know, we got there. We got there in the end to support yeah. everybody. And again, like I'm, I'm all for sitting here and like, do I think Joe Scally is the future over DeAndre Yedlin? Of course, everybody does. Right. Like that to me, that's right. an easy response. But I do think we need a Yedlini in the in the squad. And not everybody agrees with that. I, I think DeAndre Yedlin should be there because you know he's worked his way back in. His form has gotten better. And whether he's been in MLS or Galatasaray or just you know Newcastle, like that's a guy who's seen a lot of different levels. And to me, that experience, Yedlini's the guy in the locker room who's gonna punch people a little bit. So that's not a that's not a popular selection by everybody. I do like that selection. Um you know, the youth within the midfield don't yeah, necessarily... Mensa. That's going to be my breakout yeah. player, baby. Yeah, he's like... Be, he's going to be I, disgusting. I like that pick. I like him a lot. Don't necessarily agree with the Christian Roldan pick, though I understand it because of Greg and, and their their affiliation with each other. Um, Delatore is another interesting one for me. I think he could be the future of this team within that system. He's hurt. How much are you going to get at him? Like, those mm. are the little decisions that you question, right? Um, and then the strikers. I mean, I told you, like... I. I think Brandon Vasquez should be there. And there are a couple people that I would have dropped in between. Yeah. Well, I'm excited for this tournament, despite all the, <laughs> we'll also be doing this in our preview pod, all the other things going on around besides the, uh, the soccer, but you know, it's, it's still going to be an entertaining, uh, tournament. I keep saying it's going to be like watching a Kevin Spacey movie. It's like, ah, oh, like this, this is great stuff, but there's a lot of stuff in context behind it. That's, not so great. <laughs> so, uh, Devin, I don't want to end on a Kevin Spacey quote or anything like that. Yeah, yeah, so, you're good. Um, what, um, you watching, watching anything good lately? I'll do a personal question. You watching good movies or TV lately? You know, I'm, I did. I'm pissed off because I didn't get to finish it. So I struggle with TV and miniseries. Mm-hmm. My wife hates me for that. So she just watches her shit on her own. I watched The Taylor. Have you seen it? No, what's that? So... The Taylor is a movie about a guy who has immigrated here from um, from England, uh-huh. and without giving the without giving what actually is the reason behind it, um, it is 
he's come here from England supposedly because of World War II. We then find out later that there is there are underlying things about it. Um, I think it's called it is the it's the Taylor, right? The Taylor? <laughs> I, oh my god, I'm a I'm a movie guy, and I feel like I'm embarrassed right now. Um, Man, now I got to make sure I'm see. doing the right one. No, no, no. You're good. Let's see. Let's see. It just came out in 2020. Okay, I'm looking at it. Is oh it no! The, sorry, sorry, sorry. Is this the guy, out, the outfit, the outfit. My oh, bad. The outfit. The okay. outfit. So, so Let it's a guy. Who, it's a guy who's come here from England, mind you. He worked on um, Savile Row. Like that is, and, and ter- I love fashion. So in terms of fashion, like that is mecca in oh, the world. And okay. So he comes here, and it's intertwined with Chicago mob scene in you know the the 40s, and they're finding a way to. He's finding a way to make a living on his own. And there's a young lady who works in the front. And, you know, there's Zoe a guy. Deutsch is in this. That's her. Yeah. Wow. Lo- love her. Love her, man. And so there's all these cool little underlying things. And as I watched it flying on a million planes, I caught like I caught basically like 75 percent of the movie over four different legs. And I didn't finish it, of course. But as I watch <laughs> it, like every single time and I'm really good at figuring out plots every single time I thought I had it, there's a tweak to it. And it's usually from your protagonist and the guy who is the tailor within the movie. And, and then there's like Al Compone undertones. And so I really, really liked the movie. I didn't get to finish it because Delta tweaked its movie system. So on, on my last flight on the way back, I couldn't upload it. So I have no clue how this goddamn movie finished. Oh, okay. I'll tell like, everyone in the comment uh, section when I post this to say, don't spoil this. And then they will. So, so don't look um, at the comment section, Devin. I'm are you, sorry. I, I won't. Are you a Star Wars guy? Oh, I love Star Wars. Yeah. The new movie is not, not as much, but I, I do need to watch. Are you going to say Andor? I have not watched Andor. Yet. Ah, I've heard it's so good. And it's like 100 miles an hour. Like the the, episode, the series is on crack, but I haven't seen it yet. So. <laughs> yeah, so I I'm, heard it. I'm it's excited like, to see that. Well, I liked Rogue One because it was so gritty. And they said like, oh, yeah, like my dad watched it. I gave him my Disney Plus login. He's like, oh, yeah, this dude is like killing people. Like because my dad's so used to like, you know, Jar Jar Binks and Star Wars. Like, you know, it's like, oh, Chewbacca. Oh like kind of like he's like, nah, this motherfucker is like killing people in like the first episode. So Bingo. I'm, ex- Bingo. I'm excited to watch that. Yeah, I watched uh, Barbarian. If you like horror, that was good. Good. Yeah, it's like yeah. creepy, like a uh, girl goes to Airbnb. Another guy is there. It's uh, Bill Skarsgård, the guy who's uh, I know plays, who that is plays Pennywise. Got a, yes, of he's course. like he's like hauntingly hot. <laughs> you know, what I mean, like, uh, you look at him, you're like, ah, oh, like you could murder me. But like, I go on a date with him. You know, what I mean, like, so he's my, like, uh, it's, it's good. My wife sucks at watching movies. She's mm. like her attention span, which is why she likes miniseries. Her attention span is like 30, 45 minutes. Plus, she asks a million questions. So. I usually get stuck watching movies by myself, which is usually on the plane. Mm-hmm. And then what I normally watch outside of that, unless it's a cool series like Andor or Obi-Wan or something that I'm really into because I'm huge into Star Wars, is I pretty much have the same crap on repeat in the background as I prep my games. It's mm-hmm. um, I love American Pickers. I think that freaking show is awesome. Oh, that's a good one. Okay. Uh, I always have Seinfeld on in the background for sure. Also like Pawn Stars. Like those three are my go-tos. And then every now and then, and just because <laughs> I'm a I'm a big Joey and Chandler fan, like I don't think the show is amazing, but I'll have friends on too because it gives me a little chuckle here and there. But it's like wow. the same crap over and over again. No you know? office. I feel like with that selection, you have some like office or parks and rec. I there. do okay. the I do the and recently I've been watching it more because I believe it's Comedy Central that has it on repeat. The Office. Um, oh yeah, I got like YouTube TV, and it'll just be like it's on like all day. Like yeah, and that's totally cool. Like I'm digitally like. It's funny because I like have every streaming service, but I don't use any of them. 
Um, <laughs> I've been trying to do like, better. Like I'll pop around and be like, all right, yeah. I need to use like, oh, Severance on Apple TV. Fuck, I've heard that's so good. I need to yeah. get on that. And then like HBO, like I'm a big HBO Max guy. I watch like all their shows. But I'm like, oh, White Lotus season two. Fuck, I need to watch season one. I heard that's so good. And he got Michael Imprioli from The Sopranos in it now. I'm like, shit. My buddy so, Tyler Terrence is a huge Severance fan. He said that that's like, that's the great show. Um, that I got to pay attention to that. But I, again, like, yeah, I'm, I heard that's I'm like, like, sh- like one of the. Sh- Great, Great, dude. I'll get to it. Thank you so much. Fuck off. (laughs) (laughs) And it's funny because he's with me like TV shows like I am with him with movies. Like that kid's seen no movie prior to 2005. So I'm like, fuck you. Watch this. Like I had him watch Blue Chips last year. Oh, really? Yeah. Nick, no, like he loved that movie. But like I don't watch any series. So when it comes to movies and series, we really don't have anything to talk about. Like I showed my girlfriend, she doesn't watch movies either. I showed her Goodfellas for the first time. It was like Christmas to me. I was like, oh yeah, this is like, this is like one of the best movies ever. And she's like, oh yeah, I get it. I'm like, I'm like, no, like you don't, <laughs> like yeah. no, you don't get it. Like, no, I, that's that's incredible, incredible. Yeah. Um. Well, Devin, uh, thank you for. I didn't want to end on like a, a bad U.S. men's national team. Not that I think you did, but I wanted to, you know, ask yeah. some. Uh, I, I like asking people what their favorite movies or TV or have any recommendations. The outfit. I see it's on Amazon Prime. I'll check it out. So yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll 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 message you. I'll let you know how it ends. I'll let you know if it has a good ending. I um, but Devin. That. Uh, thank you again. Uh, people can find you uh, where? Uh, let's see. Twitter is at DevonKerr9. Um, Instagram is DVNKRR. Not to be confused with my fabulous counterpart, Devin Kerr from Ohio State University, who's in the NWSL. We get confused all the time. Even her sponsors have like tagged me on Twitter for stuff. I'm like, listen, I'll take some free shit, but I'm not a goalkeeper. <laughs> I'm not blonde. And unfortunately... I'm not a female in this situation to get the free shit. <laughs> well, you know, we we can do a few things. We can like, you know, I'll, I'll reach out to these sponsors, see what we can do. We can do there like a go. co-sponsorship thing. You know, I there think that's go. totally fine. Um, and yeah, I, I think this was a lot of fun. I hope to have you back on. Thank you for your wisdom and knowledge about the USL MLS. We've been trying so hard to get more of this content onto this page and onto this pod. So it's uh, it's much appreciated, man. Awesome, dude. Appreciate you having me. Count me in anytime outside of daddy daycare, which as you knew, coming on, I said, I really 215 was my mark. Look at that. Perfect timing. Look up and moving. Got them circadia rhythms going like Uh, perfectly. The devil's at work. I got to go wake them up. (laughs) (laughs) All right, man. Thank you so much. And uh, you have a good rest of your day. Appreciate you. Go USA. I'll be your dream. I'll be your wish. I'll be your fantasy. I'll be your hope, I'll be your love, be everything that you need. I love you more with every breath, truly, madly, deeply do. I will be strong, I will be faithful, cause I'm counting on a new beginning. A reason for living, a deeper meaning. I wanna stand with you on the mountain. Oh,